It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. Tuesday edition of Lockdown Rams. We are back. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Typical protein bars are dense, gritty, and difficult to chew, but not Built Bar. Texture is light, fluffy, and it's covered in 100% pure chocolate. Head over to BuiltBar.com right now. You get $10 off with your first box. That promo code is locked on. If you already use the promo code, go back there anyway. They also have for Memorial Day week, they are running an extra $5 off any box that you order. So uh, if you haven't used the promo code, you get 15. If you have, you get five. Either way, you're getting a good deal. BuiltBar.com. Sponsor Locked On Rams. But I hope you guys had an awesome Memorial Day weekend. Hope you got to enjoy it with some family. Maybe get outside, get some fresh air. Hope everyone is being safe at the same time. We actually just got back from a nice little walk here in Redondo. I mean, nothing compared to what Taylor Rapp did uh, this weekend. He posted his workout that he did. Now made me feel pretty lazy. Uh, he biked a total of 125 miles. He hiked four miles. He swam a mile and a quarter. He also ran another three miles. He burned over... 10,000 calories. This all happened over an 18-hour span, 18 hours and 21 minutes. Again, he posted some screenshots of his workout. That's how I know all these details. I'm not that crazy. But uh, with the sleep time of just under four hours and five minutes. So four hours of sleep, and he worked out for 18 straight hours, 9,300 steps, 10,521 calories, all right, Taylor, you're making my walk seem like uh, pretty lazy, but it was nice to get out anyway, and it's good to see some of these guys like Taylor Rapp, along with that info that he posted about the workout. He had a kind of a shirtless flex pose, uh, looking good in the offseason. We've also seen Aaron Donald working out a bunch in the offseason. Uh, we're going to be talking about those guys a lot this coming week, but for today, we've got a really fun crossover. I figured it'd be fun to start out the week. Uh, hearing from another team that we have here on the schedule, it is now the infamous Tampa Bay Buccaneers or Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But we're going to be talking uh, to David Harrison of Lockdown Bucks. We're going to be talking to him about what the expectations are, how long is this window, as well as kind of flipping the script, also talking about the Rams, as well as getting his opinion on what he thinks about the Rams. He tells a really interesting story about kind of being a Jared Goff hater, but how it came back to bite him in the butt. So uh, for all of you guys that are got Jared Goff's back, you're going to enjoy the ending of that story, especially as we know across the country, there are a lot of questions about Jared Goff as a QB1, especially the amount of money that he's getting. But if you look at it, especially where Dak is at, Patrick Mahomes coming up, a lot of big contracts, Jared Goff's contract, uh, soon will be ranked probably not even in the top five. But for now, uh, he's still up there. The Rams are paying him a bunch of money, and it's going to be on him. Big bounce back year in 2020. So excited to see where that goes for him. But we got a great episode for you guys today. Crossover, David Harrison, Locked On Bucks. But one last time before we get you over there, Built Bar, got to talk to you about the great things that they have going on. If you haven't tried them yet, this week is the week for you. They're giving you an extra $5 off every box of bars. This can be used in addition to the $10 promo code that already is out there. That is locked on. Get you $10 off. So you can get a total of $15 off 
or if you've already used the promo code and you fell in love with the bars, which I expect you should have at this point, uh, you get another $5 off anyway. They also have four brand new flavors, peanut butter, banana, pineapple, upside down cake, delicious, coconut, pecan pie, as well as blueberry lemon. So make sure to head back over there. Again, not like typical protein bars that are dense, gritty, and difficult to chew. Not Bill Bar. The texture is light, fluffy. It's covered in 100% dark chocolate. Each bite you take, you're going to think that you're cheating on your diet, but you're not. It's packed full of good stuff. 15 grams of protein, under 5 grams of sugar. These bars are legit. And the best thing is, they just taste stinking good. So, uh, don't take my word for it. Go to BuiltBar.com. Enter the promo code LOCKDOWN. You get $10 off first box. 18 in a box, four brand new flavors, and all week they're adding an extra $5 off of every box. The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wrapping up our two-week crossover series here, David Harrison, James Yarko of the Locked On Bucks podcast, joined now by Bear Motter of the Locked On Los Angeles Rams podcast. And, and Bear, uh, we appreciate you joining us. Please don't leave after I ask you this question. It has been a week-long <laughs> series of ripping off Band-Aids, so we're going to keep the party going here. What do you think about the new uniforms and the new logo? You know what? The, the logo is growing on me, and I think that's the way the uniforms are going to be, too. I, I really like the uniforms. I mean, they... They had some solid colors with the blue and the yellow, the uh, Ram, I think it's Ram Royal Blue and Soul Yellow, and then the Bone White, which is, what I didn't like it at the beginning, and it's growing on me as I've seen some releases of players actually wearing it. It's the first time the NFL's had anything like it. They had to get special approval for it, so it's kind of cool in that aspect. Uh, people aren't fans of that that double horn, kind of the break in the horn, but I, I like it. I think the helmets look sleek, so... Uh, I'm going out there on record and saying I'm all for it. At the end of the day, just go get some W's. I don't care if you're wearing practice jerseys. Just go win some games out here in the NFC West. That's all that really matters. Yeah, I, I had even tweeted out from the Bucks Nation account that had the Buccaneers not gone back to the Super Bowl era uniforms and they had kept their digital alarm clock jerseys from the last five <laughs> years, between the Rams and the Falcons, they would no longer have the worst uniforms in the NFL. There you go. That's all it takes. And I think that's what we keep looking back to as well as going, hey, at least there are the Atlanta Falcons and the, the, the gradient numbers that they did and, and their gradient jerseys overall. Um, yeah, there's a lot of question marks about it. But I think it just for me, it's like, you know, if, we're, if we go four and whatever next year, then I'm really going to hate the uniforms. But if we come out and win some ball games, I don't think we're going to be to talk about it. We've had uglier uniforms in the past. That's that's very true, actually. Um, and I do have to give 
the Rams, uh, their creative and communications department some credit, though, because those videos that they sent out on social media of like Cooper Cup and there was another, or I think it was Robert Woods, kind of like living their home life in the uniforms. Those were pretty entertaining. I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of enjoyed, I don't know, just the, the, the contrast of Cooper Cup looking at his pantry wearing the, the right. uniform or the freezer, I think it was. So I will give him credit for that. Not a huge fan of the uniform personally, but I mean, you're never going to make everybody happy. So, but I think, you know, I think you hit the nail right on the head. And a lot of Bucks fans have said the same thing about the new Bucks uniforms. They like them, but if they get associated and tied to losing, everybody's going to hate them in five years. So, like you said, if the Rams win in those uniforms, then everybody's going to love them and they'll become classics. Yeah, that's it. And, and we've got two more uniforms that looks like they're going to be re- releasing over the next two years. So they keep teasing this out. And you gave a pat on the back to the marketing team. I've been really tough on them. I think that video was was a decent one, probably one of the better ones they've had out. But the release of the logo, the lack of communication in the, in the uniform drop, uh, their PR department has taken a little bit of a hit here in Rams world, at least in the media side, especially when you got the LA Chargers out here who quietly did their own logo release and did their jersey release. And they had this, uh, when they did the schedule release, they had frontline workers releasing the schedule. They did so many great things. And I think the Rams really lost in that aspect, at least in the market here. And they've still got some time to turn around. But uh, thankfully, this is done and moving on to the next step because if we can focus back on football, Everything else has been a little bit messy out here in Los Angeles, at least for the Rams. Yeah, well, let's dive into the football aspect because somebody that will not be wearing these new uniforms is running back Todd Gurley, who went off to Atlanta. Now, there, there have been some injury problems. Of course, it was the big story of why isn't Todd Gurley being used when the Rams were in the Super Bowl against the Patriots and, you know, kind of these lingering knee issue rumors and Sean McVay won't ever commit to anything. But now Todd Gurley's off in Atlanta. What does the loss of Gurley mean for Jared Goff and this Rams offense? Yeah, the, the loss of Todd Gurley is big, but at the end of the day, it, it's kind of nice to not have to worry about this injury of whether it's an injury or whether it's not. You can look at that group and just say every one of those running backs is ready to go and is 100%, right? And I think that's a big thing for Jared Goff because last year, a lot of it ended up on his shoulders. He's not, in my eyes, he's not that quarterback yet where he's going to go and say, hey, look, we can have a bad offense line. We can have two wide receivers missing or the running game's not working. I'll go get it done. He's not there. He's really a facilitator the way I look at it um, and when he does best. And that really works with having a running game. And you look at those years that, you know, uh, especially at Super Bowl year in 18 and the year before that in 17 when Sean McVay popped onto the scene and they had 11 wins coming off that that four-win season. A lot was getting it done on the ground. Todd Gurley had back-to-back seasons where – you know, maybe in some conversations he was up for an MVP award. You know, I know the running backs don't usually get those, but uh, he definitely put up those numbers to represent that. And last year, uh, the knee, the injury, the question marks, having a game plan coming into the offseason on, you know, his workload and all that, and then kind of how it carried over into the season. You saw there were times where Jared got through the ball 45, 55 times a couple times uh, this past season. That's just not his style. I think he needs to work into the ground game. So I'm really excited to have Cam Akers here. Daryl Henderson, who I know they're really high on and uh, was a little banged up last year. So hopefully he can find a role here. Uh, but getting back to, you know, pounding the rock a little bit, working off the play action, Jared Goff back in those 17, 18, one of the best play action quarterbacks in the league last year, one of the worst. Uh, and so the offense just needs a reset button. I think they'll be fine. They've got tons of talent around them. 
uh, Jared Goff down here, but this year is going to uh, a lot. It's going to be on his shoulders to see if if it's two years in a row that he's kind of let us down, or if last year was just a funk and and everything kind of went wrong last year. Yeah, Barry, I got to tell you uh, when 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 Todd Curley went to Atlanta, we did some some NFC South divisional crossover work, and I took some some heat from my co-host there for not really talking about Todd Gurley on that episode because. I don't know. Like I, I liked what Todd did early on in his career. I'm happy that he kind of, you know, there were there were concerns coming out of school about whether he would even have a career. So I was really happy for him. But then to see what's happened since that postseason run, uh, just I, it's kind of a wait and see type of thing for me. But something that the Rams did do that we can talk about uh, is is kind of help out the wide receiver core. Now we know they traded Brandon Cooks, but they also drafted Van Jefferson out of Florida, a guy that a lot of Buccaneers fans voiced their desire for the Buccaneers to go after uh, on social media. What kind of role do you see Van Jefferson filling on this team? Yeah, it's going to be really interesting because the nice thing about Van and that you really like about him is he he reminds you so much of two of the guys that are already here in Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Great route runner, kind of under the radar speed. Uh, I know, you know, you look at him and you see some speed, but not a lot of people really talking about that. He was the fastest guy at the Senior Bowl uh, with pads on. I don't care if you can run a 4-4 or 4-2 without pads on. When you're moving left and right and you got shoulder pads on, it's going to take down some speed. You saw Van Jefferson uh, being one of the fastest guys at the pro or at the Senior Bowl was pretty exciting. Uh, Josh Reynolds is the third wide receiver. The Rams are really high on him. I'm not so much. I think he's going to kind of get the – uh, the nod to kind of have the opportunity to, to start and get a lot of those reps. But I think Van Jefferson is going to find his little niche in that offense. They're going to find a way to get him involved, obviously, because of the things we talked about his speed and his route running. Um, but I think he's just more talented than Josh Reynolds, who's been around here for a few years and had has had a couple opportunities with some of the injuries to Brandon Cooks in the past. So I think it's Van Jefferson kind of slowly through the season. You'll see him working more and more. And by the end, uh, you know, he's going to be that third wide receiver if the Rams continue to go a little 11 personnel, which I do think they're going to move a little bit more to 12 personnel as we did at the end of the year. Tyler Higby really seemed to take off at the end of the year. Jared Goff had a little bit better pressure, uh, you know, containment as far as, you know, pass blocking. So um, Van Jefferson, really excited about him in the offense. And I think they're going to make it a point if you're a second round pick, uh, especially at a skill position, you had a big guy leaving that they're going to find a way to get him the ball. Yeah, and I have to I have to agree with you. I mean, uh, Josh Reynolds had some excitement coming out of college. I think you know there was like a cult following of his uh, that were really excited to see what he could do. It just really hasn't come to fruition. Uh, but Van Jefferson, I mean, if he steps into that third role, though, Bear, that means that the Rams, their their three primary wide receivers are all six one or shorter. Josh Reynolds, the only guy on the roster I can see that is above six one. What is it about Sean McVay and short wide receivers? Like, is is it just is that the system fit? Because it seems to me that Jared Goff might need some some longer targets, some bigger targets to throw at. Yeah, no, I totally, totally get that. And there was there was a time when you started to look around that that group and Josh Reynolds, you kind of expected to kind of be that big body guy that can go out and be that red zone target. That's the one thing they are missing. Uh, I'd say their big tall guy is Tyler Higby. He's six foot six tight end. And you want to see him kind of get a little bit more involved, especially in the red zone. They love to do those little bubble screens down at the at, at the um in the red zone inside the 10 kind of let cooper cup run and and work some blocking robert woods underrated blocking as well out there but uh that is one piece this offense that just has never really been here and they found a way uh in the 17 and 18 season to put up crazy numbers uh so i don't think it's really a factor i think at the end of the day you would like to have you know, that big six foot six guy down at the end that maybe you could toss it up you know inside the red zone but uh, Tyler Higby most likely is going to be that guy this year. And the rest is just, hey, if you can get open, 
Uh, and these guys are really good yards after the catch, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, that uh, they'll find a way to get it done. But you're right, very short wide receiver group uh, as a whole. Now, speaking of somebody else uh, that, that a lot of Buccaneers fans were clamoring for in the, uh, in the 2020 NFL draft, we talked about the departure of Todd Gurley. Let's talk about the arrival of running back Cam Akers, who's going to come in and probably be a big contributor to this offense. Yeah, he's a, a really, really good running back. He's a solid pass catcher out of the backfield. Talk a little bit about how you think the Rams are going to be able to utilize Cam Akers and and maybe give give that running game back to Jared Goff that he was missing with Todd Gurley kind of in and out of the lineup and maybe help Goff uh, you know, regain his 2018 form. Yeah, that's the one thing you got to like about Cam Makers is you look at what he can bring. He does a little bit of everything, right? He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's a power back that can kind of run you over. He also very patient back and can kind of set up his own holes, which if you go back and watch some of the film, that's some of the fun things to watch about him is it looks like nothing's there. And all of a sudden he pops out the side and he's found a way. And he also has some of that breakaway speed. So he's got a little bit of everything that makes you excited, especially when you look at the Rams, they've done a lot of that outside zone scheme running. Seems like he'd be a good fit in that. So I'm excited to get him in here. Again, you talked about Todd Gurley leaving average of over 200 carries over the past five seasons for the Rams. That's a big hole to fill as far as, uh, you know, who's going to take on those carries. So Daryl Henderson back there. But you, you look uh, at Cam and you assume that he's going to take on at least 60, 65 percent of that that carry load. Uh, and then you're trying to figure out, you know, how to involve the rest. Don't forget about Malcolm Brown, who uh, really good at the goal line. The Rams loved, uh, you know, Todd Gurley looking back and how many, how many touchdowns he scored. So many of those came with inside the 10, inside the five. Uh, that most likely could be Malcolm Brown. But then again, the great thing about Cam is he's got the body to, to be the goal line back as well. I think his biggest thing is going to be in pass protection. And I think that's where Malcolm Brown steps back in as being kind of the veteran guy to be able to get that done. But I love this trio of wide uh, running backs, uh, giving the Rams some option. My only thing is now hopefully uh, with having a new offensive coordinator, he can continue to whisper into Sean McVay's ear during the game because there were times where Sean McVay, including that Bucks game last year, and yes, we were down a lot and had to come back, but he just totally walked away from the run game and got a little pass heavy. He's known to do that from time to time during the game, kind of get away from the game plan. So hopefully with Kevin O'Connell whispering in his ear, Hey, remember we drafted a running back in the second round. Okay. Let's give him the rock like five more times in this drive. Okay. Let's see if that will work. Um, but I think that's it. Just consistency, allowing these guys to get off. And bear. Finally, let's go ahead and fast forward to a, uh, a fun Monday night about midway through the season. And how do you see the Los Angeles Rams stacking up against this new look Tampa Bay Buccaneers team? Oh man. It was a game I was already excited about, you know, kind of coming into this and all of a sudden, you know, you hear, um, you know, we also have uh, the New England Patriots on, on the schedule and you thought, okay, Tom Brady, as this was developing, Oh, we may not have to see him here in this season. All of a sudden he goes to Tampa and you're like, Oh great. Not only did we see him, but we see him on the road instead of getting him here at home, which the Patriots are here this year. And then it's on Monday night football. And then you hear Gronk's coming back and then this matchup just gets harder and harder. And you're going back to last year. Uh, when Jameis Winston dropped 50-something points on us. Uh, hopefully the defense can kind of come correct. And that's going to be a fun game. The, the interesting part is it's uh, two weeks removed from the Rams' bye. They come off, they face Seattle uh, at home right after that bye, and then go on the road to Tampa Bay. So that's a tough way. And then followed by San Francisco. So those three weeks coming off that bye are extremely important to this Rams season. It's not just a, 
you know, non-divisional game as far as in the NFC West. It's really important, uh, and it's going to be a fun one, but I think it's going to be tough. I, we don't know what this offense is going to look like with Tom Brady. You, I mean, with all the uh, stuff you see on paper, it looks like it's going to be unbelievable. You know, probably the best wide receivers he's had since Randy Moss, you know, left him, but um, you know, I'm really interested about this game. I think the Rams at that point, hopefully, are kind of coming together. Their defense with Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I really like our secondary, which I think is important coming into this matchup. Aaron Donald, always you want to you get excited about him versus anybody. So I think that one, again, is going to go back to the offense. I think our defense can find a way to stay pace in that game. Can our offense then find a way to build a way to, um, you know, create a lead in that game. And this team is going to be interesting. Can they win the close games? This one should be a close game, you would hope. Um, so that's going to really come down. This young team, can they win the close ball games on the road, in the spotlight? McVay's got a pretty good record in primetime, but this one's a little bit different down in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. So hang with us. We'll flip the script. We'll get into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Tuesday's edition, Locked On Rams with Locked On Bucks on the other side. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, we're excited to continue this crossover series as we've done for the past couple weeks. And I have got David from Locked On Bucks with us, and we're talking this matchup coming week 11, Monday Night Football. This thing's gotten really interesting over this offseason, not only as you saw the schedule come out, and this was Monday Night Game, but also watching Tom Brady sign down there and then getting Gronk out of his retirement slash WWF career or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's going It's going down on Monday Night Football. It's going to be exciting. We're going to talk to David here about all the things that are going on with the Bucks. And David, first of all, welcome to the show. Appreciate you taking some time and having this conversation. Uh, we talked on that other segment about the Rams jerseys, and you touched on it a little bit with the Bucks releasing their new jerseys. So while we have jersey talk really hot here in the L.A. market, let me hear your thoughts uh, as you guys unveiled the new look for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, you know, as as we got closer to, I mean, I think everybody initially, first off, was happy to hear that the Buccaneers were changing their uniforms. It, it, it was a little touch and go there. So for the last couple of years, I would say uh, there's been kind of a fever pitch in, in the Buccaneers fandom to get the, the uniforms changed. When the news came across that the Buccaneers were indeed changing the uni- their uniforms for the 2020 season, uh, just I think the entire fan base was in unison and excited about uh, what, what would possibly come. And then uh, the team started teasing some things and it came out pretty quickly, I would say. I mean, leaks and rumors and all that stuff that they were going back to more of a Super Bowl-era look. And then at the Combine, Bruce Arians kind of made the comment on NFL Network that the uniform is going to look more like the Super Bowl-era uniform. And really, that's exactly what it is. It's just a cleaned-up, sharper, 
maybe a little bit more modernized version of that uniform they wore in the Super Bowl. They kept the new logo on the helmet. It is, it is a little bit smaller now. Leading up to the reveal, I'm kind of a move forward guy, not a move backwards guy, and I kind of looked at this as like a step backwards. Uh, so that was kind of my take moving into it, if, if that was true, that I, I wasn't necessarily mad, but I wasn't, you know, as excited. But then I saw them, and I think what really sold me is seeing Levante David, who played his first season with the Buccaneers in that uniform, wearing that uniform yeah. again. And that right there just kind of snapped me back to those moments of, you know, young Levante coming out of Nebraska and joining the Buccaneers defense. And I got to say, I like him. I mean, I'm, I'm sold now, um, even though it, it was kind of against my mentality moving into it. And then the all pewter color rush, I think, is, is beautiful. Yeah, I'm interested in a couple of things you said because you talked about you'd rather move forward than look back. And, and the big complaint for the Rams was go backwards, go back to the, you know, what we loved when they first got to Los Angeles. And they tried to do what you kind of said you were looking for, a little yeah. bit of the old with that modern look. Um, and I think at the end of the day, once these two teams start to see these players on the field and uh, start to win some ball games, you'll start to move forward. But always an interesting off-season topic as you're looking at a rebranding or reuniform. Uh, but let's talk about the draft a little bit because obviously you know the big signing of Tom Brady, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Uh, but they went out right away and tried to get some focus on that offense line. You guys already have some people down there that um, you know in place, pretty good offense line. But talk to me about this draft going and getting from your first pick down to the rest of the draft, what'd they hit on, what'd they miss? I mean, I like every pick. And, you know, Bruce Arians, uh, after the entire draft was over, uh, met with the media and told us that he, you know, like last year's draft class, he feels like this class has a player, every pick is a player who could potentially make the roster. I think that's incredibly important. Now, coming into last year's draft, having a draft class where everybody can make the roster is not necessarily that big of a surprise when you're talking about having the fifth overall draft pick. But coming into this year's draft, they had 14. Uh, but, you know, but it, it's, it's a roster that was most considered a playoff roster, right? There was really kind of one big Achilles heel for the Buccaneers team. I think everybody knows who that is, is turnovers. But the rest of the, the <laughs> roster seemed to be built and equipped to go to the playoffs. So you really kind of have a playoff roster that this draft class can still come in and make an impact on. I mean, Tristan Wirfs, obviously, first and foremost, I think most people had him as the number one or number two tackle in this class out of those top four. So for him to be the fourth guy off the board, and really, I mean, there's no – like there haven't been any medical issues coming up. There's no drug test issues that have come up, no work ethic issues that have come up since he's been drafted. So for some reason, just in the NFL circles, he was the fourth guy for however it fell. Um, So that's that's a huge deal to trade up one pick from 14 to 13 and get him, surrender a fourth, gain a seventh, not paying too much as far as I'm concerned. I think John Lynch could have fleeced the Buccaneers for much more if he really wanted to. Uh, or he right. could have just taken Wirfs himself to protect Jimmy G. Um, so that's a beautiful pick. I think Antoine Winfield Jr., the safety out of Minnesota, has become probably the Bucks fan base's favorite draft pick. And for good reason. Uh, the free safety position was probably the weakest spot on the defense last year. Andrew Adams came in uh, partway through the season, did a pretty good job, played most of the starting snaps at the position for the team, actually. Mike Edwards, a rookie last year out of Kentucky, did a serviceable job, did not get to keep the job, played a little bit in the slot. So that was kind of a position they really needed to shore up, and people feel like Antoine Winfield Jr. will help them do that. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn is a sneaky, sneaky running back pick to, uh, to compliment Ronald Jones there. Not a lot of people in Buck circles knew a lot about him because they were expecting the team to go second round at running back with a guy like J.K. Dobbins or Cam Akers who ended up there in Los Angeles. Uh, but they wait till the third round to get Keyshawn Vaughn. I myself did not know much about him. Got on the phone with Vanderbilt, got their, their running back coach on the phone, Tim Horton. I was basically was like, hey, Coach, tell me about who the Buccaneers just got. And then after talking to him, uh, the, one of the first things he said to me is, 
Keyshawn was a pro before he went pro, and that's huge because I think you would agree that a yeah. lot of these draft picks that don't pan out in the NFL that aren't injury problems, it's mental problems. It's the ability to study or the willingness to study. And to hear that Keyshawn has already got that pro mentality uh, is huge. Tyler Johnson yeah. is my favorite pick. The wide receiver out of Minnesota, fifth-round draft pick. That's yeah. my personal favorite from this entire class uh, to begin day three there. Yeah, and going back to Vaughn really quick, I, I love the way you, you described that even talking to his coach because especially just look at his quarterback. I mean, he, Tom Brady is a veteran who is going to help build you know some of these young guys up, but at the same time, you got to be ready coming in and you're playing with Tom Brady, he kind of expects that. He's going to put a lot on uh, you know, these young guys to step up right away. The rest of the offense, obviously, we know about the wide receiving core there. Uh, this is year two of Bruce Arians. This is year one of Tom Brady. Uh, we don't know how long Tom Brady's going to be around, right? You expect maybe two years. He's talked about playing till, you know 50 or whatever he's, he's said multiple times. But what are the expectations this year? And you know how short or long is this window for the Bucs to get it done? I mean, I think this window is two years. I think it's the two years they have Tom Brady under contract for. At the end of that two years, if Tom walks away, Rob's going to walk away. Honestly, I don't believe that Bruce Arians is probably the head coach of the Buccaneers past 2021, 2022 at the latest. Um, I think he's probably going to retire again after those, those couple of seasons. Um, so that's, I mean, the window is these next two years. Now, what happens after that as far as a quarterback? Uh, James likes to joke, actually, that, you know, after Tom Brady leaves, the Buccaneers will go get a pissed off Aaron Rodgers and bring him to Tampa and let him. Uh, do his thing for a few years, <laughs> which I think Bucks fans would be very happy about. Um, but it really is. It's all about these next two years. And that's kind of where we at the Locked on Bucks podcast have tried to kind of shine a light, you know, to some Buccaneers fans. Because some of our listeners are very much worried about 2022. Like, you know, Jameis Winston's going to be playing somewhere else in 2022. Tom Brady's probably not going to be a Buck in 2022. So what do we do then? And we've kind of tried to say, listen, the, this franchise is going for a Super Bowl win this year and next year. And in 2022, if you don't have Tom, if you don't have Rob, if you don't have B.A., but you've got a Super Bowl championship to celebrate, you'll be okay. Um, and I think exactly. Buccaneers fans have been holding on to the one, the one championship this franchise has for over a decade, two decades really almost. Um, so I think that if we get one out of the next two years, that Buccaneers fans will be okay as they figure out what the next step is, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or a quarterback to be named later who doesn't even have any hype right now but is going to win a Heisman in two years. Um, there's always a quarterback available. That's something that I think if, if anybody follows the NFL offseason, I think we all know there's always a quarterback available. It's just how much you're going to have to pay to go get him and, and whether or not it's going to work out. Yeah, totally. And that's one of those positions that, you know, it's tough to find a good one. But like you said, there's always somebody out there. And, you know, look at Tannehill. There's always someone out there that can come in and surprise you and really perform. If you're at this level, uh, you got skills to be there for a reason. My last question um, is kind of taking us to a little bit of your view on what the Rams are. I want to kind of get your take on what you're seeing from all the way across the country as you look back here at Los Angeles, where they're at as a team, just kind of your thoughts, and then how that leads up to our matchup in Week 11 and how you think that's going to go down. So this is a question that uh, James is going to hear and really wish that he was on to, to talk about because he's <laughs> not going to like what I had to say. So full disclosure to your listeners, and Bucks fans already know this that listen to our show, I do not like Jared Goff. Um, as a quarterback, <laughs> no, I don't know Jared Fair at enough. all. So, yeah. it, you know, as a human being, he seems like a nice guy. Uh, but as a quarterback, I am not, I'm just not a Jared Goff fan. My fantasy football team, uh, you know, the, what they like to say, fantasy football team of record, I guess if you want to call it that. My, the team name is, is not nice to Jared. I'm just, I'm not going to say what it is, <laughs> but it's not nice towards Jared, which is actually funny because I lost last year's playoffs to a guy who was starting Jared Goff. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) So there's some karma for you. All that being said, I mean, to me, the way that the Rams, at least on paper, you know, before they get to the season, obviously, it really seems to me like the the Rams essentially broke even, right? So uh, we talked about this during the Bucs segment. You lost, you know, Todd Gurley, but you get Cam Akers. You lose Brandon Cooks, but you gain Van Jefferson and so on down the list. I really think the Rams have essentially on paper and talent-wise have kind of broken even, which is actually not a bad thing when you think about it. Um, I think what's really going to make or break this season for the Rams is Sean McVay's coaching ability. Sean McVay gets a lot of credit for being a a coaching guru and a genius and an offensive, you know, expert and all this stuff. And, Hey, I mean, I I love the guy's personality. I really hope he's successful and, and, you know, I'm pulling for him, you know, from a, from a general football standpoint, but I think this is the year that it's either going to, it's either going to show and he's going to prove that he's worth all the hype and the compliments or people are going to start wondering, well, is Sean really what he is, or it was that kind of, you know, uh, call it beginner's luck if you want to call it that. Um, so that's that's really what I'm looking for is how does Sean McVay get into Jared Goff and, and get him and make the adjustments there, whether it's leaning more on the run like you were talking about or it's kind of fine-tuning some of those passing skills that Jared needs to get cleaner on to make him a more effective quarterback. Uh, whatever it is that Sean needs to do, this is the season we're going to see whether or not Sean is everything that everybody says he is. Uh, in the in the NFC West, I right now put them third. Uh, but honestly, I like their yeah. roster more than I like the Seahawks roster. You just can't bet against Russell Wilson. Yeah, so I, I got to give him second place. Uh, but I really do. I feel like it's first, second, third. And I think the Cardinals are are a good gap fourth. I love DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not a Kyler Murray fan at quarterback either. Um, we'll see what he 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 definitely did better in his rookie season than I expected. So he could yeah. do better in his sophomore season than I expect. But until... It's kind of one of those things. Until he proves it and shows that he's going to do it, I'm not going to believe that he's going to do it. So right now the Cardinals are a very far fourth place. But a very competitive division, one of the most competitive divisions, I think, in the NFL. And then as far as the Buccaneers and the Rams, I mean, you kind of talked about earlier, I think Tom Brady with the Buccaneers is scarier in 2020 than Tom Brady would be with the Pats. Yeah, oh, 100%. You're just looking at talent around them, and then you go to that defense that's pretty stacked as well. And I totally get what you're saying with Jared Goff, especially the down year that he had last year and the turnover issue that he has and the fumbling issue. Um, Those are big things that he needs to clean up. Big year coming into 2020 for him and Sean McVay. I truly believe that as well. Um, This is actually, I just saw this on uh, PFF Fantasy. Uh, This will go for your your buddy you played in in fantasy football. Uh, Top four quarterbacks with the most completions of 20 yards or more since 2018. Tom Brady is fourth. Phillip Rivers third. Patrick Mahomes uh, second with 124 and Jared Goff 141 sitting on top of that list. Now we could pull out many other categories where he's not <laughs> on the top there, but uh, I was just scrolling as you were talking fantasy football and that one hit out to me. But uh, hey, appreciate this conversation. Look forward to having this again as we get closer to this game and hopefully and on schedule. Uh, still going to be Monday night, but hopefully it goes off as planned and we can get back here on the mic and talk about where we were wrong and where we were right about these rosters coming together and uh, where both those teams sit coming into that big Monday night football game week 11. So uh, before we get out of here, let everyone know where they can find what you guys are putting up and uh, when we can uh, and where we can listen to the podcast. Yeah, uh, the show is Locked On Bucks. It's on every platform that you can find Locked On Rams and that's B-U-C-S. Not, don't, don't throw the K in there or you'll get the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, there you go. Yeah. I'm on Twitter at dh82 underscore bucks. My co-host James is jyarko underscore bucks, and then we both write for Bucks Nation on SB Nation, uh, and that's on Twitter at bucks underscore nation. I appreciate your time as well. Appreciate you having me and answering all our questions about the Rams as well. 
Awesome. We appreciate having you, David, and look forward to talking to you again soon. Guys, stick with us this week. Got a great week of shows coming your way. Getting back to some more Rams focused news, as well as talking about this roster coming up, where the rookies fit in, all that good stuff, as well as dipping back and doing a couple of those what ifs and looking back in the timeline of the Los Angeles Rams and maybe even some St. Louis Rams in there. So a lot of good stuff still coming your way. Locked On Rams, your team, every day, only on Locked On Podcast Network. But with that said, you know what it is, Rams Nation. Until next time, peace. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.